Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Welcome to Elder Scrolls Off the Record, episode 42. Tonight's air date is October 18th, 2012. My name is Dave D-Enforce Adams, and I have sealed Joe the Widget Wilson as well as Avarwin in a Daedric pit. And it was hilarious. Tonight with me is, I spared the life of Lou, the Loremaster Olan. He actually helped me seal them. Hey Lou, how you doing? Hello, Dave. And yes, it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? They yeah, were all I... no, don't see us in the magic pit. There's <laughs> uh, no begging and crying in Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. And here to kill all of the old people in your local uh, keep is Fred W. Wilson. How you doing, man? Or Woodley? Wilson. Wilson. Woodley. What the hell? I, he, I see W. I think Wilson. Woodley, uh, don't get them mixed up. We are not on speaking terms any longer. Dave. Brothers from another mother. Apparently the same mother as Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how you, how you doing, uh, Fred W. Wilson Woodley? Well, until about a moment ago, I was doing just fine. Now I need a moment to recover. <laughs> well, good. You can recover by telling everybody about our wonderful ad today. Our awesome sponsor, Tweetaudio at tweetaudio.com, maker of some of the finest earbuds in the world. And if you're in a market for a good pair of quality earbuds that are solid and reliable with a lifetime limited warranty, head on over to tweetaudio.com and at checkout, plug in the code off the record, and you'll save 33% on your order. Thank you very much, Fred. All right, so uh, let's actually let's let's talk a little bit about Skyrim now that we we have the floor. I mean, for once we we can do anything. Do you realize that, Lou? We can talk about whatever. I know this is unheard of, and it's just, I'm I'm loving it. I'm love, I'm being drunk off the power right now. Hang on. Yeah, it is. Like, it, I just it. you know I'm I'm taking the giant Joe throne fuzzy chair. I'm totally <laughs> taking it out for a spin. It, it's pretty nice. Let's it's bust into a musical. We should have the musical episode tonight. We can do anything better than they can. <laughs> no, don't say that. They'll come back and beat me up. Uh, yeah, you but... can't keep a good dragonborn down. They will get out of that pit. Yeah, they're down there right now. Foose Rhoda. Foose Rhoda. <laughs> they're they're, waiting. Waiting. <laughs> they're so, waiting for that compass bar to recharge. Let's actually right, let's actually get in talking about some. I mean, most of this week, I don't know about y'all. Have y'all ever tried to actually work on potions? 
like oh, no. sit down and actually try to go out to work on potions instead of maybe gathering them up along your career. Yeah, no. Well, One thing I, I've done I, is I don't have a problem just gathering the stuff because you know it's right there. You, you're traveling, it's there in your face. But actually sitting at that table, going, hmm, what are the recipes again? Yeah, that's exactly I, what I, I had to do. do it. <laughs> it's such a pain. That's what I did this week. Is um, well, not only that, I worked on potions and enchanting for the most part. But along my path of discovering. I, I came across the Legend of the Red Eagle, and I got really close to it. I decided, whatever, I'm going to go try to do it. If you don't know what this quest is, is you go out to find a sword, a magical special sword with the ability to slay undead. But there's one problem. The sword itself is not only a sword, but also a key. A key to a special lock, which unlocks... An undead that you can't use the sword on because it's acting as a key when you need it to act as a sword. <laughs> uh, so you got to keep Dawnbreaker in your other hand? It irritated me. Dude, I, yes, basically. But, yeah, I, okay, I shot him with an arrow to kill the guy, but that that's beside the point. The point is, is that it would have been really nice to be able to use the Red Eagle sword on Red Eagle. But no, it was there as a key to the lock to the door to kill the undead Red Eagle dude. You know, it would have been nice if they had just worked that quest to where it gave you that fatal choice. Or, you know, just that interesting choice. Do you want to use it as a key and find another way into this place? Or, you know, do you want to just bust down the door and use the sword and something else happens with Red Eagle, you know? You should be able to. Well... I eventually did kill him, and then I took the sword back, but the biggest thing is that, that I love about this place is there is the, my favorite dead NPC is in the Legend of the, the Red Eagle, and that's a dead NPC named an adventurer. Just an adventurer. <laughs> that's all he is, just adventurer, dead on the ground in the place. It is the funniest thing ever, and it's like, you know... Out of all of the things that they go out of their way to do in Skyrim, the developers said, hey, bro, let's put a dead adventurer right there. <laughs> Nothing else, just a dead adventurer. <laughs> yeah, I just, other, I get a kick out of that every time. Other places, you know, dead Nord or, or bandit. This guy, yeah, he's so low on the totem pole, he, adventurer. <laughs> he's so low on the totem pole, he doesn't even have a race. I'm still waiting for them to put a dungeon in the game where at some point in the dungeon you have two doors that are a short distance apart from each other and just have a skeleton in the middle that says Evarwin. Because <laughs> that's what he's good at is getting through those. You remember so, when he locked himself between yeah, the two doors? He, but he did it. He got through it. Eventually. Oh my God. Yeah, so this whole week... I. I I've had this same problem before, and, and I know Lou and, and Fred, you can you can back me up probably hearing this, me say this a million times. I get to a point in the game where I'm working on my skills that don't actually help me survive, so that I keep getting my face beat into the dust by whatever what crosses my path. I got killed by a giant spider the other day, and that's what really got me to do this quest for getting enchanting and potions and all this I've actually been working on my heavy armor. Anytime I can take a hit and I can heal myself and I know I can, I let them hit me. 
and I've actually gotten my heavy armor up to 50. And I know that's kind of low, especially I'm in the mid-30s. I know 50 heavy armor is really, really low, but that's... It's at least helping me survive more. And well, you know, when we did our actual challenge where I was trying to level up my character quickly, yeah, that's when I worked on enchanting and blacksmithing like early on in the game. That and actually I got to, hinders you, don't it? Yeah, I got to a point where I could barely hit anything. That's so, exactly what I have going on. My dude's in his 30s cause just because I've, I've only been working on archery and um sneaking and you know all these things that that really i don't have to take a hit for blacksmithing my, my enchanting and and potions they're pretty high up i'm like 75 in potions i don't know how i've been like just picking up anything <laughs> in my path but you know i i'm pretty high up in those but that's actually a bad thing and i just want to get that across that i'm I've reset these characters so many times. I refuse to reset them again. I'm not resetting this character. I'm working with it. I'm getting well, my heavy armor up. What I did, because originally I started off playing a very lawful character that was not breaking any laws or anything. And then when I got to that point where I could barely use my weapon or my armor, I just started attacking innocent old people. Oh, my God. Because I was getting weapon skill-ups like crazy. And they could barely hit you back, but it was giving me armor skill-ups, too. So by the time that okay, I killed everybody I'm not going to over... condone attacking old people, even for the betterment <laughs> of the Dragonborn to save the world. Some sacrifices are necessary, Dave. Fred's <laughs> <laughs> oh taking on a geriatric brigade all by himself and feeling... <laughs> Oh my god. Hey, Arthas could do it. I can't do it. Oh, don't bring in Arthas. That's horrible. Poor Uther. Poor Uther Lightbringer. Alright. Yeah. So, I pretty much did, you know, a good old Joe walkabout and ended up fighting the Red Eagle this week. So, uh, what was the sword actually called that you got from that? I think it was the sword of Red Eagle. A Red Eagle sword. So, did the quest just start by picking things for no, me? They actually, you pick the sword, you pick the quest up. Um, I think you, you you read it from a book, and the first time you're capable of finding this book, where it's always going to be there, I believe, is at the first uh, keep. You know the the dude who who tells you, "I want you to go in and find this dragon stone for me." That mage dude. He oh, has, right, right. Dragon's Reach. Okay. Dragon's Reach, yes. The, in the mage area, if I'm not mistaken, in the mage area, there's he has, um, in, uh, in his bedroom, is a, a bookcase. A bunch of books. If it's not there, it's somewhere around uh, Dragon's Reach. You'll actually find the book that says Le- The Legend of Red Eagle. And that'll pinpoint on the map where you go to actually find the sword to unlock the door to fight the guy who actually would have been better to kill with the sword that acted as the key to unlock the door to kill the guy. Now, is the sword of Red Eagle, is that a one-handed or two-handed blade? It, it is a one-handed sword, yeah. Oh, so if you wanted to be like the ultimate paladin warrior, you could dual-wield that with Dawnbreaker. It, it ain't that great of a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Even upgraded? <laughs> Even upgraded. It ain't that great of a sword. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, unfortunately yeah that's disappointing yeah 
So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, Fred, you, you said that you, uh, did you, are you working on a, a reset character or what do you got going on? No, what I, I've been working on the character that I decided to make before Dongard came out about a week before Dongard came out. Yeah. And I wanted to get him to a certain point of badassery before I would actually start doing the Dongard content. And I've been focusing on quests and things that I didn't do in my first couple playthroughs of Skyrim. And one thing that I did on this character, he's level 25 now, almost level 26, was I did the quest to escape from the Sidna Mines, mm-hmm. if you guys recall that one. Yeah. Yep. And I just thought that was awesome, finding about all, all the treachery that's going on behind the scenes in Markarth and exactly how deep-seated it was. Well, at the end of the quest, there's this character named uh, Kai that comes into the picture. She's the one that actually steals your belongings back from the guards when you're escaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked the character a little too much, so I opened up the console and made her into a follower. <laughs> and then she had all this like dirt on her face by default, so I put my modding skills to use and took the dirt off of her face. Oh. Actually gave her a purpose. <laughs> wow! So you totally went pretty lady on this NPC. Yeah, I totally ninjaed her, or and I'm pretty, pretty sure she, she was only scripted to be in the game for that one quest because I started running into a couple errors with her. For instance, I bought Hearthfire as well because I wanted to have my own house and I didn't want to play with the various mods and you know any bugs that might be associated with them. Right. Yeah, because, you know, doing my own mod, I'm well aware of what kind of weird bugs can crop up in the middle of them. So uh, I went and I built the basic house in the Hearthfire mod, which is you're pretty much next door neighbors with Pine Watch. Okay. Like literally, you're like 10 steps away from it. So I built this house, and then it lets you talk to an NPC that likes you, I guess, and tell them that you want them to be the steward of your house. And then I assume that they watch over your land, and you can also talk to them and send them to go purchase the materials you need to expand your house. All right. And I told this guy that I wanted her to be the steward of my house, and then she walked inside my house and just disappeared. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing in the house yet either. There's no bed, no furniture, nothing. It's just like this little one-room building. And she just went in there and went away. Well, that's and crazy. I ha- yeah, I'm going to have to play with it and see what happened. But my fix for the short term was to roll back the save a little bit. But, yeah, that's pretty much what happened so far. I, I need to work with that mod a little bit and see why she's disappearing and fix her so she doesn't do that. Well, that's also could be because you're trying to stack a mod on top of a, a uh, DLC, right? They could just not work together nice. Well, I noticed a little weird thing in the actual creation kit with her is most of the NPCs in the game, their ID is just the name of the character. And hers began with like an MS and then a number. So I'm assuming that that means that she was scripted to be just a mission character and then she's supposed to run off and disappear. Uh, So I may need to actually fix it by duplicating the character, basically. Right, right. Because then it's probably running the conflict with uh, the DLC... And her limited, I guess, her limited role within the game itself. 
Yeah, say, my, nope. <laughs> my thought is that once she zones without being a follower, that she just disappears altogether. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I see this picture here of her, and my she, God, Fred. Uh, she looks horrible. <laughs> I think horrible is the, the right, right word for her. She really does look horrible. Um, she, she's basically a forsworn woman. With like the headgear and all she, that. No, no, Forsworn would would be scared of that. <laughs> well, she is a Forsworn woman because she appears when you're saving the Forsworn king. Okay, well, she is definitely a queen of the Forsworn. She looks scary. I think scary is being polite. Yes, it is. If if <laughs> you if you play this quest, she just scares the crap out of me. So. <laughs> Well, what better person to have accompanying you on your adventures well, yeah, in Skyrim? Especially if you want her to be steward of your house, nobody will mess with your house. <laughs> it's a security system. She is a security right. system. The little granite tomahawk she carries around <laughs> with her. Yeah, that would scare me. If somebody had that just hanging out at their house, I'd be like, mm, no, thank you. Go so, the next one. Um, speaking of, this is something that... You, you reminded me of, speaking of the mods, you said you're working with Hearthfire, or the DLC, there were whispers of the next DLC coming out called Dragonborn. Yes, heard about uh, that. I think it was from you, though. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, the, well, all, everybody's been yelling about it. We've had people up on our personal forums over on uh, questgamingcommunity.com uh, have been yelling about it. Also, I've been getting tweets left and right. Oh my god, yelling about it. I personally, I want to say that it, it is completely unconfirmed by Bethesda at this very moment that this is what's happening. That's why I personally haven't retweeted anything about it or gone off on a rant about it. Because this is this is unconfirmed by Bethesda. But... but but at the same time, this is the exact same way that Dawnguard leaked before it came out. It, it is. It is. So I, I do want to poke at just a few main things that they're talking about with it. I mean, again, this is Skyrim fans who data mine this patch for what they think may be Dragonborn, the, the next expansion. Uh, the, the files they, that they pulled out actually contain... What's up? I was going to say, you should be fully supporting this and hoping that it comes I, well, out. Well, because... I'll get at that in a moment, yeah. <laughs> I, but the, the, the files that they pulled out are quest markers for some of the Morrowind uh, expansion areas. Also, there's a, a few places like uh, Castle Castrag and, and the Raven are listed. Alongside uh, animations for drum roll, Fred. Alongside animations for mounted dragons. What? That's right. Remember how much I complain <laughs> and and yell about wanting dragon mounts? Yeah, that's right. Dean got dragon mounts. What up? Yeah. If, if this happens. If this happens, cross yeah. your fingers and toes, because I am. I'm totally mounting me some dragons and flying them around and breathing fire on stuff. Anyway. Along with this, they pulled out a, a few other animations, such as dragon-mounted dual staff, which suggests that you may be able to wield 
two magical staffs at once while on the back of a dragon. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, can you imagine that? <laughs> That's like, wow, how to be overpowered in one quick, easy step. You realize if that happens, then Liz's character in the mod is going to be able to wield like four of them staffs at mm -hmm. once. They'll just be floating around her. Yeah, and two dragons at the same time. It'll be a dragon yeah. on another dragon. dragon riding staff. a dragon, yeah, it'll yeah. be crazy. Um, also, they, they pulled a, a few files that seem to mention bone mold, Chitlin, Nordic, and Stalhrim armors. So possibly four new sets of armor in this pack. Um, but again, this is this is all unofficial that's been pulled in by Skyrim fans. Um, you, know, you know, the Chitin armor, wouldn't that mean that you basically got to go out and kill those giant cockroaches to make yes, armor? Yes, it's totally the, the, the cockroaches. Charus, yeah. Yes. Oh, I you just know hope be that cool, the though? helmet, the helmet should look like the head of the bug. Oh, man. If you get a full set of it, I'm crossing my fingers right now. I want a full set of it to let you spit like a Charus. And have wings on your back to periodically flap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be pretty neat. I, I got to admit, that would be pretty neat. You are but... Dova Keen, but you are also the Cockroach Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Mount. Spitting and using two magical staves. <laughs> oh, goodness. Careful, he spits. But yes, again, you know... Keep your fingers crossed if you like what's coming or what may be coming, but that's all unofficial, pulled in from uh, the same way that they pulled uh, crossbows and dragon lords that were tucked away inside an official patch. So that's all pulled in from Skyrim fans. So, anywho, um, let's see. I, I think that would be fun, but um, Lou, what do you think? What's your opinion on that? I think, as Fred mentioned before, I think this is actually going to happen. I'm going to bet my money on it because, again, we saw this happen once before. The rumor mill was flying about, hey, what's this thing about Hearthfire? Or, you know, I'm sorry, about Dawnguard. What is all this stuff? You know, people find these little bits and pieces here. And, again, same pattern. We're finding, you know, some, some breadcrumbs and bits and pieces. And, you know what? I, I This is seriously going to happen. I think if not sooner, then probably maybe – around the holiday, around Christmas, or New Year's, you know, may, or maybe just before, uh, a few months before the beta for, for Elder Scrolls Online, you know, to, to capitalize on people's interest, say, hey, you yeah, know what? I could see them, I could see them filling that gap between now and then, mm -hmm. definitely. It, and that's great. If it happens, I'm hoping it happens, I'm with you, Dave, fingers and toes being crossed, and yeah, this would be awesome. It would. Flying a dragon, taking on another dragon on a dragon, hey, look. I've got one of your own. <laughs> but, uh, Lou, the, piece, what the PC's going to get the flying dragon mounts, and they're going to give the armor sets to PS3. Oh, my God. That'll be it. <laughs> that, they'll what, throw you mean, fits. when the PS3 gets it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a $20 DLC. Also, yeah, keep your hopes up that this will come out at the same time on all consoles, because this could possibly very well be free of any exclusivity deals and indeed if anything uh, again just as a you know to help out the ps3 fans who have been there who've been long suffering this community you know what 
if anything, Bethesda, just throw them bone. Give it to them for free because, God, they haven't had anything <laughs> in so long. Yep. Um, one more quick thing before I actually bug Lou about what he's been doing. Um, speaking of, of PS3, 360, all them console homies, 8bitbrigade.com is doing a Child's Play event for Elder Scrolls. And um, they're doing it for Halloween, which they're trying to raise $5,000. And if you go to their site at 8bitbrigade.com, uh, you can donate even a dollar. And for every dollar you donate toward their $5,000 goal, you'll receive a ticket toward one of their many prizes they're giving away, which includes a prize bundle that is a Elder Scrolls skyrim specific prize bundle which includes um the collector's edition of elder scrolls skyrim for xbox 360 as well as a signed skyrim issue of game informer so if you're if you're feeling charitable or or, and you have a 360 definitely look into that it's again it's 8bitbrigade.com yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know, Child's Play is a charity where they take all that money and they use it to buy consoles and video games for sick children in hospitals. Yeah, they're they're a very good group. Definitely yeah. help out a lot of people. All right. Like, oh, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to bug Lou, see what he was uh, doing this week. Lou. Ugh. This week. A little rough. I went to work my well last week. I wanted to start working my battle mage because I, you know, I've been ignoring that character for so long. But unfortunately, the moment I actually logged onto that character, I was having so many issues. You know, all my mods started freaking out on me, and you know, I, I went to the usual steps. You know, logged out, deactivated everything one by one, activated it, it. Just nothing worked. And what's funny is that I actually went back to my other characters I have, so I have all these alts. Mm-hmm. And they were just fine. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, you know what? I said, just start over again. So how I totally often, just delete this. How often do you make backup saves of your characters? You just have one save per character? Pretty much. Oh. I, I just do that. Cause I, unless it's a really specific event. Well, well, I should say, the only character I have that I have multiple saves is the main I'm on now, which is the... Uh, the auto saves. Yes, well, my, my level 47 character, uh, who's now almost 40, oh, sorry, 48, and I have saves going back to the uh, Twilight Sepulchre ah. when I first joined the Nightingales. I love that cutscene, those cutscenes involving um, <laughs> that era, you know, that whole quest. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these. <laughs> Just to go back and swap them again. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that quest in my mission log. I'm really holding back on taking that key back because it's so helpful. Yeah, I know. If you haven't maxed out your lockpicking, I would hesitate to give that key back. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Another couple months or a couple years, who knows. <laughs> but yeah, I had so... Quest. Exactly. I I just had to start over again. Like, I just couldn't take it. I didn't want to risk anything happening, you know, or having anything else happen. All my other files had to screw it. I just deleted the character. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, the character is only level 13 anyway, so ah, yeah, that's it wasn't that, that bad. bad. So I started like, up again a couple of days ago. Only level 3, but you know, I'm just taking my time, making sure nothing else happens. 
Now, are you, are you doing the same build, which is the Battle Mage? Um, no. What I am doing is that right now, I, I'm just going to try and focus on just destruction. All right. You know, anything, anything and everything related to destruction, <laughs> pretty much. And what I want to do is, you know what, instead of working on maybe, uh, was it alteration for healing? Mm-hmm. This time, use this character and maybe work, you know, try working on potions. Oh, you mean rejuvenation for healing? Yeah, reju- um, yeah rejuvenation, you know, work. Yeah, instead of focusing on that, where I get double my skill points into that, I'll just focus everything on destruction, but then use my potion making as a backup for healing. Oh, you mean restoration for healing? <laughs> well see now that's what i'm doing is i'm i'm playing with potions right now and i've i can't tell you how many times i've almost killed myself trying to learn what ingredients do by eating them yeah. <laughs> can i tell you just how much of a pain that is like hey what does this bear claw do oh it cuts and serrates my throat oh good idea okay that will help me you know do this and that that's that's like the worst thing. This isn't a little Debbie's bear claw. This is the real thing. Yeah, that's like, come on. Or hawk beaks? Who the hell would eat a hawk beak, even if they could cure poison? That's why they need fat. to make an option to tell your follower to eat something strange. Yes! <laughs> yes, they should. No, that would work. <laughs> There's got to be a console command for that somewhere. <laughs> Go work that in. That's ridiculous. You know, eat hey, this eat this bear poop. Eat this chitlin. No, I've seen what they spit out. I'm not putting that in me. <laughs> you insane? What do we taste vampire dust? What, what is this? Not for you, not for anyone. Is my been on the channel channel? Eating everything and anything in sight? No. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel your pain, but good luck being a potion master. Uh well, let's see, you know, knock on wood, keep your fingers crossed. You know, because in lots of these things, you know, I always neglect the trade skills. <laughs> okay, so the past few weeks, I've, I've been trying to, fo- you know, force myself to say, you know, what? I'm actually going to sit down, take some time on my gameplay, and just actually work on these things. And you know, sometimes it it has uh, kicked me in the rear. It has reared ugly head because lately, now on my main character, as I mentioned before, I mean, she's 48, but the, the rate now just leveling. It just seems like a crawl to get to 50. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of the, the main skills I, I've been using have been maxed out. You know, like, um, light armors, maxed out, one-handed, stealth. Um, but everything else I try to do is just, it's, you know, the skill goes up, but just a little tiny amount on the experience bar that we see. And I feel like I'm going nowhere, so I figure, you know what, maybe I can get past this. I guess it's a virtual hump by going back and working on these trade skills and use that. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Oh, give me the bad news first. Um, good news. The good news is that the max level is 81. Uh, yeah. The bad news, after you hit 50, you're at a snail's pace for maxing out everything else. Oh, boy. You, there, There is no hump. You've met the brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> Now I've got to find a way to climb it or just bash right through it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how you're going to have to to deal with it. Do you use archery on that character, Lou? Yes, I have been. I've been using archery more often now. 
and right now it's only in the mid 60s. All right, great. So find one of those old people that you really can't kill oh that God. just keeps going down <laughs> inside of their house. Like there's one, I think it's in uh, the, the one with Ulfric Windhelm. Yeah. Go there. There's an old woman that she won't die. You can keep beating on her and go into her house and start planking her with arrows. Your archery skill will go up and you'll get tons of experience for it. Yeah, this before or after the guards come get me, and uh, now I get this insane bounty in my head in Windhelm. You, you just keep killing them. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> oh, my God. Do not ever listen to him. Don't well, you do it. Well, you say not to listen to me, but I am the one that was level 59 by the end of the challenge. <laughs> you know, I don't know which is scary, the fact that, you know, Fred actually condones this action. The fact that he actually, he found this out. <laughs> he figured this out in the game. Oh, I probably like, should have said, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's also, where... <laughs> uh, today, Fred has has brought us a something for our crafting table. He's brought us five amazing creeper-faced masks from Minecraft. Now in Skyrim, you can find this at steamcommunity.com. The name of the mod is Creep in the Iron Mask by Animatronic. <laughs> you can also find this in the Steam Workshop. Yes, and um, the, the, we have some pictures of them. I know that it's pictures amazing. don't go so well over a, a podcast, but they really do look like Minecraft faces, and they are just... Oh my it's god! It's amazing. They, like the, metal versions of the creeper worthy. So, do you think I should get that Kai chick one of these? Oh my god, she needs one of these. Just it looks like a box over her face. You know, when I was modding her file, she has a mohawk by default, but you oh, can't see much. it under the headdress. Really, <laughs> oh. like the one least favorable head. You know, hairstyle that you could possibly have on a, a chick in Skyrim. And she's got it. <laughs> she's just, oh dear. She's, she's all around win, isn't she? She is just, oh my god. You know, I first, I, I looked in the notes and, and Fred put a picture of her in the notes. My first reaction was, kill it. Kill it! <laughs> oh my god, I kill think, it! What is that? I think we heard Dave have a spasm when he looked at the notes. <laughs> Oh, man. But anyway, check this out. Five masks all in total. With uh, They all look like different creeper faces or faces from Minecraft with different armor on them. They did a, a really good job. If you're, if you're a Minecraft fan, which, you, you know, you're pretty much, if you're playing a game nowadays, you're kind of, you deal with Minecraft invading everything. This is one of those, <laughs> those neat add-ons. Uh, I don't know if you noticed in that second picture dave but there's actually a creeper head with the dovahkiin horns i did that's, yes that's, yeah, that's awesome I, I did that's pretty neat all right guys now for one thing that i that we do have that's come up this week that's very big news that i think that we need to cover is zenimax online studios do they really have their finger on the pulse of the gaming community better than any other company who has released an MMO in recent times. Now, this is the question we, we brought up because of one big thing. We, we've already discussed what The Elder Scrolls Online is going to be. We've beaten that horse to death. Well, 
Now let's actually talk about how you're going to play it. I know there's a ton of people who, who missed out on SWOTOR because it wasn't on a Mac. They missed out on Rift because it wasn't on a Mac. I personally have friends who wanted to play Rift with me, but they couldn't because it wasn't on a Mac. Elder Scrolls Online this week has, has brought out a quote, and this is their quote from their fact at ElderScrollsOnline.com. It says, what do I need to play the Elder Scrolls Online? And the quote is exactly, you'll need a PC or Mac and an active internet connection at all times to play the game. Exact system specifications will be released at a later date. Well, we kind of expected that. Also, which I, I pulled off of Twitter, uh, The Elder Scrolls Online, TES Online, tweeted, uh, we're aiming to make ESO playable on more than just high-end PCs. We're also developing the game for Mac. That's a direct quote. And you'll see that companies such as Blizzard have always been good about also offering Mac support from day one on their games. So the question I have for my guests here today is, do you think that ZeniMax Online Studios is actually showing signs of uh, learning from their competitors in the market? Or do you think this game is sort of designed just to follow the same usual path of errors that any of the the other MMOs on the market have come before them? Well, that's a very good question. I think the fact that they're stating, you know, right off the bat that, hey, yes, it's going to be offered on both both systems, the PC and the Mac, I think it does show awareness that ZeniMax does recognize the fact that there is a Mac market out there. All right, maybe, all right, I can just hear the laughter. Maybe not a big amount, maybe not a large amount. But it is there. You know, you will have, you know, Mac players, they play games too, okay? And yes, as Dave mentioned before, I also have friends who have Macs. And they also bemoan the fact that a lot of the games that, you know, myself and my other friends are playing, they can't join us because they're confined, not confined, but they have a Mac. You know, that was a system of choice. I think a lot of gaming companies can learn from that, saying, you know what, it may not be as big as you want it to be, or maybe those corporate suits up there say, all right, it, it's negligible, so don't worry about it. You know, they're there. The market is there. Tap into it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely agree that it's nice that they're doing that. What's up, Fred? What do you got to say? Well, I remember when SWOTOR first came out, and I was listening to all the different podcasts getting hyped up for that game. Mm -hmm. And there were actually quite a few people on different podcasts that they're Mac owners, and they came from World of Warcraft before SWOTOR came out. And they were upset about the fact that they had to run boot camp or some other third-party software to be able to play SWOTOR on their machine. Yep. And one of them even went so far as to say, you know, for my professional job, I need to have a Mac. And I don't think it's fair that I should have to go out and buy a PC just to play one game. And I can completely agree with that. Oh, well, definitely. I can see where that's coming from. You know, gamers are... You, I don't really care whether or not you're a PC gamer, you're a console gamer, you're a gamer on a Mac or whatever. You're still a gamer. The point is, is that to to add support for the Mac 
if their engine that they're running this game is capable of running on the Mac with only minor tweaks and changes to the to boot up for this system, it's reasonable to go ahead and put it on the Mac along with the PC. It's it's honestly it's just more money in their pocket when you're looking at it from a financial standpoint. You know, oh, indeed. So, yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Well, no, go ahead. What do you What do you got? I think I was just going to mention the fact that you know, for investing in it now, investing into where they they can offer this this game to both platforms, I think it's great. Okay, yeah, it may cost a little more for development costs, but you know what? I think they'll get their money back once you know the Mac community realizes, oh my God, it's an Elder Scrolls game, it's an MMO, and holy crap, it's it's offering offering this on our system. We don't have to run boot camp, you know. We can, or we don't have to go use uh you know our computer, our PC, or friend's PC. We can actually run it on our primary machine, which you know may be a Mac. You know, I think it's a win for the studio if they do that. Right. And on on another thing, you know, Macs, when they come out, they're built for stability. That's what Macs are. That's what they do. They're made so that every component works together as smoothly as possible. That's what Macs are. They're not the top of the line. They're not made to be top of the line. They're made for stability. That's what they do. On the other hand, PCs are made to be just pure powerhouses sometimes. Sometimes they're just there for, you know, the everyday low-end spender who, you know, they, that may be the what they could afford, just like you'll see cars out, some of the ones on the street. It's what they can afford to get some from point A to point B. They made the quote, I, I say that because they made the quote that they said that we're aiming to make The Elder Scrolls Online playable on more than just the high-end PCs. So, I have another question to bring up to y'all, and that's, at what point do you know that this game and its developers are taking a different path or treading the same one that everyone before them has followed? And and that's that's saying, do you feel that that they're pandering just to get all the people that they can, like... Do you feel that that's some that's just a a money grab, or do you feel that they're actually doing this to stand out from the crowd? Well, I would personally say that I would know for sure that they're stepping away from the path that everybody before them has followed. If they come out and say that right from launch they're going to have a hybrid model where it's part free to play, part subscription, because that would be the first clear step that they're moving in another direction. And additionally, beyond that, it would be after launch to see how they handle the game, how quickly they can resolve issues that crop up because, you know, the game's not out yet, but we all know there's going to be issues. Anybody that's ever played a game before, it's just right. a matter of how the company can handle that. Well, let's just let's just say, put this out here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Diablo 3 player, and I've dealt with issues along with that game. Off, just on the support site for Diablo 3, there's some four, five hundred unsupported video cards. Video cards that have issues with that game. That require the developers to sit down, 
figure out what's going on and implement some way within a patch for that problem to be fixed. Now, it's if you're looking at the, the video cards on Mac, I think there were like 10 different video cards on, a, on Macs that were somewhat unsupported, but none that were completely unsupported. Now, this is something that it doesn't matter who you are, how you're building the game. This is a problem that you're going to be faced, and that's where it really comes to matter. You can't say at this point, the game isn't out, so we can't say at this point whether or not they actually are developing it in a way that's going to be for everybody. If they actually, and that, that, you know, the proof is in the pudding when the problems arise after launch and how they, they dedicate their staff into fixing those problems in what time frame. Right. And I think it's also going to be, uh, hopefully, you know, again, game isn't out yet. So all I'm just speculating. Okay. Right. What we don't need to see is the divisiveness that could come within the community saying, all right, you know, the PC guys always get their bug fixes first. Okay, the patches first, or the Mac guys get their patches first, or, you know, this stuff is always done ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think if, you know, these problems that crop up, and they will, because, again, this is a video game, and it's an MMO, so we all know problems will rear their ugly heads. Yeah. You know, I, I think Xenomax is probably learning and saying, look, you know, if we're going to develop this for multi-platforms, PC and a Mac, we have to make sure that we're ready to go from the, you know, from the get-go and squash these problems so that, you know, both communities, you know, won't feel slighted, you know, and their forums won't be full of hate, you know, hate threads. Yeah. Well, one thing that I can say that that would be great for them to learn of, um, y'all remember when, when SWOTOR released the super low end, uh, visuals patch, they did that, uh, well, they just kind of broke it, but. They did it not too long ago, as a few months back. They released a patch because they they saw that a grand majority of the people who were having issues with their game were having issues because of visuals. So they actually released a patch which gave you the ability to completely drop your visuals to almost, you know, a, a level to where it was capable of being played on nearly any card on the market. Which was actually, I get it. You know, it may be look not that great to some people, but it gave that game the capability of being played on nearly any PC on the market, which is an excellent, excellent idea from a developer's point of view. I honestly, then, I commend them for it. It was a great idea. And then a couple of weeks ago, they realized not enough people were using those settings, so they broke the graphics for everybody, so everybody would <laughs> yeah. have to use those low-end settings. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but, uh, really, it was a great idea when they... they they honestly stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we realize that our graphics are too high. Here's a fix for anyone who's having the problem, no matter what you're playing on. And that was really cool of them. And I really hope that Zenimax takes a look at that and says, hey, we recognize that there are some computers that, uh, well, they, they should have been upgraded a millennium ago. We should probably <laughs> put in a, a super low-end option. And you know what? I... I respect that. I respect that they're willing to take a hit to their visuals just to get their game out there for people to play. That's right. 
it, that's it's a all good about thing. exposure. It is. You know, you yeah. want to, you know, get your product there out there to as many people as you, as you can, so mm-hmm. they enjoy the game. And and of course, it all boils down to again, this is a game studio. Yeah, it's also a business. So yeah, they need to show a profit, okay, in order to keep them running. So some people might call it a money grab, but you know what? It's a business. What would you expect? You, you know, know, it's like someone going yeah. to a job not wanting to get paid. You ever heard of that game Crisis? Mm-hmm. When Crisis came out, it was so high end, so top of the line that nearly no PCs on the market could play it. So it actually became a running joke when I was doing uh, tech in my tech school that when we had people bring in their PCs for the A plus students to fix, the joke was, "Man, that's a nice PC, but do you think it could play Crisis?" Oh, Lord. so that's that's how I feel whenever a new game comes out is, you know, are you going to release settings so that people can actually play it? Yeah, it may be the most beautiful, best game in the world. But if the settings are so ridiculous that no one can touch it, it might as well not be released at all. Right. I, I still play. remember when Vanguard Saga of Heroes first launched. Yeah, I was a, I was a huge EverQuest player. And one of my friends at the time was actually the lead designer for EverQuest. And I remember getting into Vanguard, and I couldn't even turn around. The graphics were so intensive, and I had them turned down all the way. So I'm sending my friend, the lead designer on EQ1, a message. And I'm like, dude, my computer can't even run Vanguard. And he's like, yep, we knew it was going to be a PC hog. There's very few people out there that can run it. See, that's that's irrational. The whole point of an MMO is to make it massively multiplayer. And you know what? For them to recognize in this Twitter post that they want it to run on not, you know, more than just the high-end PCs as well as Max, you know, I'm all for that. So definitely you have your DN kudos of the week, Zenimax, for saying that. Well, I just hope when they make this run on a Mac that it is the exact same servers like Blizzard games are, and they don't yes. try to share servers. Mac class, yeah, yeah EverQuest did. Yeah, don't segregate servers like that. That's crazy. Yeah, same servers, homie. All right, um, let's go ahead, and we will be right back in the Elder Scroll. fragment of time, a piece of creation, a record of history, history itself, the Elder Scroll. Welcome to the Elder Scroll. With your wonderful lore lobbing Lou master, Lou, Louis Olan, <laughs> take it <laughs> off, mate. It's it's all to you. Go for it. Thank you, Dave. Today in the Elder Scroll, just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Second Era, or the events that are shaping the adventure in the Elder Scrolls Online. And here are some of the highlights during this era: the Sir Empire continues to be a force of great power for the 
first 430 years under the rule of the Akaviri potentate. So yes, Akaviri people kicking some booty. The big hand ruling. They've also started to establish some of the greatest traditions of all within Tamriel. They grant the charters to organizations such as the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild. In the year 309 in Second Era, elsewhere comes into being. It's created by the union of the two Khajiit tribe lands, Anaquina and Valentine. The big litter box is not included, though. Also, when the last potentate, Savarian Shorak, is assassinated in the year 430 of the Second Era and leaves no heirs behind, this great empire, the Cyrodiilic Empire, finally wanes out of existence. It finally goes bye-bye. Elsewhere, not the Khajiit land, elsewhere within the world, the region of the Black Marsh, it forcibly leaves, it splits from the lands of men. As the Tanakhan flu makes the land uninhabitable by all but the Argonians themselves. Hmm, wonder why. So yes, that's how the Argonians get to you know, establish themselves and now colonize the lands of the Black Marsh. The Akavir, again, they invade Tamriel, and they're barely rebuffed after attacking Morrowind in the year 517 of the Second Era. Else, you know, all around that world, from one end of the continent to the other, war and rebellion is striking all over the place and is affecting every great tradition of the land. The Altmer of Somerset, who have long been concerned with their own wars with the other island kingdoms, now begins to form an alliance with the mayor of Balenwood. And guess what they develop and create? That's right, they form the Aldmeri Dominion for the common good. However, in another part of Tamriel, from within the ancient seat of Cyrodiil, there comes a general who's named Talos. By Talos! <laughs> That's right! <laughs> with no liege, a liegeless general. After his liege was assassinated, he begins his career as the greatest conqueror in the history of the land. Better known by his imperial name, Tiber Septim, he and his armies will now begin their conquest of all the land. And yes, set the siege for creating the empire that will bear his name, ushering in the Third Era. And this is the time frame where you... The adventurer will begin your life in the Elder Scrolls Online. Oh my god, just every nation is just like flipping out, ain't it? Yes, it, it seems like there is so much conflict, so many things going on, lots of oh. upheaval, it's going to be insane. They picked the right time to place that MMO, definitely. Yes, they did, and it, it, there's just so do much you, there to work with. Do you think that we'll actually see Talos in the MMO? I'm a Talos fanboy. For anyone who doesn't know it, I'm, I'm a Talos fanboy. But if, if you're trying to kill me because I like Talos, then buy the 8. <laughs> buy the 8, plus the 1. Yeah, plus the 1. <laughs> Talos. Jen will kill you. <laughs> hey, I think I great. They should work I really the love stabbing that dude in Whiterun. <laughs> okay, that, that guy deserved Talos. it. He was a Talos psychopath. I just love that I stab them and then all the guards just stand there. They don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank, thank, 
<laughs> Thanks for enforcing that noise ordinance for us. <laughs> None of us wanted to do it. We all thought about it. Man, here's a drink for you. <laughs> Next meet's on me. <laughs> this is this is pretty cool. Like everything's going down. You you have well, let's start at the beginning. Um the the litter box of elsewhere is founded, so you're gonna have just a bunch of Khajiit. Um, let's see. The Cyrodiil is just finally being destroyed, so you're gonna have people who are still, you know, loyalists to Cyrodiil. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have Argonians who you're probably gonna run into, but they're gonna be like, you know, we have our own land. You can't destroy us because they're handing out the flu like it's, well, the flu. <laughs> like it's. And- <laughs> You're, you have the Akaviri have come back. The Altmer are, are setting up their own thing going on. And then you have Talos running like a boss. And then you have on the other side of the fence, you have Tiber Septim. Like, everybody from everywhere who could cause you to, to start a fight is right there getting it going. On top of all of that, the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild. This is crazy. I'm... Yeah. I'm this is amazing, yeah. You, you get to see the foundations for a lot of... Yeah, basically you've seen the foundations of the Elder Scrolls universe, of the games themselves. Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion. You know, this is it. This is what sets the stage for those games. This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if some of the things from Skyrim, like Dawnbreaker, are actually going to be somewhere in the world at this point. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah, maybe you could get it from a dungeon or something and have Dawnbreaker yeah. years before the Dovahkiin. That would be... Oh my god, yeah. Then you should be able to, like, etch your name into it and be like, you know, not Dovahkiin was here. <laughs> and I I know for a fact that the Ebon Blade made an appearance in Oblivion, at least, because when I was searching for how to actually get it in Skyrim, they brought up an Oblivion entry for it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably gonna be in this game too well that that actually would be a a lot of fan love if they did that all right guys let's actually let's go ahead and start wrapping up the show let's start up with uh talking a little bit about our emails that came in this week we have two wonderful emails from loving adoring fans and we'd like to give them the shout out right back to them first one comes from hunter k says i finally found widget bane and widget and his bane are following me I just started back up with the game and show. I'm on episode 22 now, and I've been listening since episode one. Keep up the great work. Again, that's Hunter K. We want to say thank you, Hunter K, for all thank for you, listening. Sir. Yeah, it'll probably be a little while before you hear this, but thank you, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll 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 get over there and he'll forget that he emailed in. Speaking of Fred, grab that second email since you put it in. Our second email comes from Shank, who wrote. Hey guys, love the new format, although I wish you guys kept the bloopers at the end. The conversation flowed very well and felt way more natural. Kudos. Also, I just realized that Skyrim has been out for almost one full year. Wow. I am still amazed that the fans continue to play this game so passionately. It speaks volumes about the incredible depth and immersion Bethesda has gone to in order to not only keep us hooked, but more importantly, suspend our disbelief every time we pick up the controller. This game instills such a sense of believability 
and truly feels real. Here's to another full year of exploring the wondrous, fantastical, breathtaking world of Skyrim. Talos guide you, except for Liz, because she's a cheater. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, here's to another full year, just like you said. Definitely. We're, we're, we're hoping to keep it rolling. And you better bet that we are when, when The Elder Scrolls Online comes out. We're going to be on that, like, white on rice. So... Um, we, actually, I, I didn't even notice we have a, a third email. Lou, do you want to get this one? Sure. And this email comes from Colin. Colin writes, Dear Elder Scrolls Off the Record, First, I would like to ask, why is cooking in Skyrim at all? In my 400 hours of playing, I have tried cooking the most complex things I could find, and nothing compared to a simple health potion or restoration spell. Why have it if it's useless? MMOs have cooking as a crafting profession, and it's useful. I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings Online. I know it can be modded, but it still bugs me that it's there and not beneficial. Or brewing. That should be in there. <laughs> then at least I can make money selling ale at the taverns or perhaps creating a little skooma to sell on the side. Ooh. Think about it. You know all those guys you meet that want to sell skooma moon sugar to you? You could buy them out, have them work for you. You could make the skooma and leave in hiding spots around Skyrim. A week later, there would be a load of gold there waiting for you. It would be like Breaking Bad in Skyrim. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that association, Colin. That's pretty cool. And if a few bottles vanish into my inventory, well, these things happen. I think it would be kind of cool to own an inn or brewery or armory or something. It would add to the immersion for me. Think Hearthfire, but with a business. I had a question about Elder Scrolls Online, but I'll put it in another email since this was so long. That's fine. Anyway, um, I, I'd like to go ahead and answer this one. I would love to see Breaking Skyrim. <laughs> I think the, the DLC after Dragonborn. The, it should. It should be called Breaking Skyrim, and it should be like the, the, the picture on the front of it should be the Dragonborn, just like bald in a, in a shirt and like un, underwear with no pants on, holding a gun. <laughs> Definitely. But you know, I think it'd be hilarious. I think it'd be awesome. Actually, this is a great idea. I honestly think it would be amazing for you to be able to run your own inn, brewery, or armory. Just like go in and have your 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 wife, husband, or steward, as they have in uh, Hearthfire, running your business. And then all you have to do is go supply them with supplies, and randomly they'll sell your stuff to anyone who comes by. I think that would be really cool. They should definitely add that in, and if if they're listening to us, they should they should hear that out because that's a an excellent idea, and I recommend that Bethesda steal it right away. Yeah, they could do it. Definitely play off of that ability where you can like sponsor different merchants and take a cut of their profits. Yeah, that would be amazing. You could stock their supplies and basically tell them what to sell once you own so much of their business. And just think, Dave. Eventually, by the time they're ready to give some of this stuff to PS3, they could just merge it all into one bundle package and call it Breaking Dawn Guard. <laughs> uh, I, I think that would be really cool. And I, I'm, you know, I, I know there's not much use for cooking in Skyrim. The big thing is it's HP gained per weight. I know care I carry around potatoes like it's nobody's business and I'll cook me some potatoes. <laughs> and you know I I do. I carry around cheese like all the time because it's like one of the 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 
the lightest things you can carry that will actually heal you up in a bad situation. And sometimes it's more beneficial to sell a health potion and carry 400 carrots with you. You know, when carrots only cost one gold a piece and you could sell a health potion for a ton. Right. And carrots only weigh like not even what 0.4, 0.5. Yeah. Nothing. Or Aren't nothing you at all. Getting the meat to go with your potatoes. I well, I usually, I don't get meat that often. I'm I'm a poor, I'm a poor dragonborn. Then you're beating down the wrong old people. <laughs> 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 but for all, I, I I I do like cooking, and especially when um, I I I think I have a mod that lets me when I cook, it actually goes. And adds points into my potion brewing. Oh, oh, that's okay. nice. Yeah, I yeah, I think I have a mod that does that. But yeah, I definitely if if you're if you want to cheat like I do sometimes, look up that mod on the the marketplace. I really think that they just put food and stuff in there because they're trying to make the world as lifelike as possible. Yeah, and you know when you eat food in real life. It helps keep you alive, but it doesn't miraculously make every wound you have heal itself. <laughs> well, it matters what you're eating because Star Crunch. Oh, Star Crunch is good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> remember, guys, let's go ahead and, and wrap up the show. And I want to say, remember, our record days are as follows. Elder Scrolls off the records Thursdays. Minecraft off the record records live at livestream.com slash the quest show at 7 p.m. on Sundays. It's actually our, our only show recording live right now. Swotor Reforged is on Mondays. Adrenaline Gaming is on Wednesdays. And Dungeon Crawler, which you'll see the, a wonderful lead host called Dean on that one, is on Saturdays. Our five-star review shout-outs. Lou, you want to give them a shout-out? Yes. From America, we have Bo Smoke. And from our friends up north in Canada, Soccer 101. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys, for your five-star reviews. Anyone who leaves us a five-star review, we will shout you right back. But that was Suker. 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 Suker 101. Suker 101. Canada. Well, it's like saying soccer with a Canadian accent. Suker. Suker. Right. That was Scottish. <laughs> Suker. Suker. Alright, um now what do you guys what do you guys think about today's uh talk topics? Anything any final thoughts y'all want to give? I'm thinking it's great that again, we're going back to the PC and Mac. I think they really should, you know, follow through and develop with both uh both platforms. The market's there. Take advantage of it. You know, make the gaming community happy. Get those customers. You know you want them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely think, you know, I've been joking all episode, but they need to get some new content out for the PS3 people soon. Yeah, they really do. Yes, they do. Uh, Hope and and pray, because they've been putting a few patches out that actually have been hitting the PS3. Hope and pray that they have their ducks in a row now. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully soon, because they need something. They definitely But. You know, it was great being on this episode, and all it took was for us to lock away two of the main hosts, and that I could finally be on here. Yeah. 
Thanks for having me, Dave. Oh, no problem. Next time that I seal me and Lucille, Avarwin, and Joe in that pit, we will definitely try to call you. I appreciate that. And, yeah. You know, it's always great podcasting with you, Lou. I know. It's always, it's always a treat and joy, Fred. <laughs> um, definitely. It's great having uh, Fred. Thank you for, for showing up to fill that third chair. And um, I do want to say that, you know, Zenimax, thank you very much for, for listening to your public and, and wanting to get your game out to as many people with as many different computing solutions as they have. Definitely. The more people you get your game out to, the more people you can please. And and I definitely am happy that you're pleasing your public. <clears throat> Would you like me to tell the good people how they could get a hold of us, Dave? Yes, definitely. Before I make more of a fool of myself, go into how to reach <laughs> us, please. Well, as always, our network site is questgamingnetwork.com. You can find this show's site at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. You can email the show at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. You can visit our forums at questgamingcommunity.com. On Twitter, this show is found at elderscrollsotr. Dave Adams can be found at D-I-E-N Force. Yeah, yes, you, there you go, you did it right. I can be found at Sith Lord Corv. That's K O R V. Louis Olan can be found at Gamer Guy 11B. Joe Wilson, who's locked in the vault, can be found at Author J.R. Wilson. Evarwin can be found at Evarwin. And remember to use the hashtag Evarwinnie with a Y anytime you send him a tweet. He loves it. I, I don't know if he actually does love it. Anyway, that's spelled E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. And if you want to, if you hear it this week, remember to tell them, um, you know, good luck getting out of that, that evil dark pit that we threw them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wish them a happy and safe trip. Yeah, definitely. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network podcast and we hope that you'll uh listen to us next week have a great one y'all we will see you next time take care everyone have a good night see y'all again next week good night everyone and remember to zap the old people for me oh my god don't zap the old people
Here, Dave, I think I could play it where you can hear it. Is that that thing that I heard, like, you tried to make me listen to it twice and it already wasn't No. Funny? Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. That's that. Who is that? Joe. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was he high? <laughs> Lou's actually in both chairs. He's he's double cheeking. Just spread him on out. All right. My name is Dave Deenforce Adams. And I have destroyed Joe the Widget Wilson as well as Avarwin. And it was hilarious. Wait, wait, what, should we, what should we name the show? Ooh. Skill Up on Old People. Um. Best episode yet! Yet! Oh, yeah, that works. Who's all there?